Welcome to the Twimmel AI Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Charrington. I am here at the AI conference brought to you by O'Reilly and Intel Nirvana, and I'm here with Naveen Rao, who is the general manager of Intel's Artificial Intelligence Products Group. Welcome, Naveen. Thanks, Sam. Great to be here. Uh, It's great to have you here. So we're going to spend a few minutes this morning just catching up on what Intel Nirvana has been up to. And then we've got a really interesting interview scheduled to talk about one of the products that you guys are announcing here at the event. Sounds great. So what's new? (laughs) Well, it's been a very eventful few months. You know, we we started the artificial intelligence products group about five months ago now. And, you know, really getting resources around Intel aligned around this this focus area now. You know, the company has been super supportive from the top down to make this happen. And I think, you know, it's it's a reflection of the importance of AI to Intel. You know, we want to be at the forefront of it, not just from the product standpoint, but also from the research standpoint. Mm, mm -hmm. And so you made some announcements at the event today. Tell us a little bit about those. A lot of it is around our connection with developers. The dev cloud was was one where we we can connect with developers, get them working on our tools, but also training people. There's a big appetite right now for knowledge and understanding how to build AI solutions and how to actually solve industry problems. And we put together a very nice set of tutorials, Intel Nirvana Academy, and also having computational support for those tools and actually computational resources available is what the dev cloud is about. And, you know, that'll actually go hand in hand with Intel Nirvana cloud coming up in the future where uh, you can get access to the latest and greatest technologies. Okay. So where can folks find the tools that you, the documentation and tools that you released? From intelnirvana.com or just Google Intel Nirvana Academy. Okay. Awesome. And so is the, the dev cloud, what's the relationship between the dev cloud and Intel Nirvana cloud that's forthcoming? The dev cloud is really meant for developers and education, whereas the Intel Nirvana cloud is actually the, the enterprise grade solution for companies. Okay. So, you know, one is more, here's access to our tools in, in, a, in a packaged format. The other thing is the, the Intel Nirvana cloud is really our latest technology, a very kind of low cost way of getting access to it. Okay. And then you've got a keynote tomorrow that you're doing with Steve Jervison. What are you going to be talking about there? Well, as you know, Steve may have been, uh, as you may know, Steve was one of our early investors at Nirvana and, you know, has really become an industry expert in this area. And, uh, you know, I find it very fortunate to have him involved with us from the start, guiding some of our direction. And it'll really just be a conversation between us talking about you know, some of the things that are exciting coming up you know, how hardware is going to evolve for the future of AI and, and drive the future of AI. What is the future of AI? What kind of problems will we be solving? Why is it important? It's really going to be a conversation and I think it should be entertaining. Oh, what is the future of AI? I'm going to save that for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I promise you no one will hear this before tomorrow. <laughs> okay. I think one of the main messages from my, my perspective is AI is really a set of techniques that allow us to scale intelligence. Mm-hmm. We can now take in more resources than we could possibly do as individual humans, you know, loosely coupled by language. That we're hitting that fundamental limitation now because we've, we've gotten really good at gathering data. And now we have too much data and we actually can't do much with it as individuals. Humans can't scale that level. So we need to build technologies that allow us to do it. And it's really kind of continuing along the evolution of the scientific method. Humans forms this procedure to really make testable, repeatable results and try to get to the ground truth of the world. 
And I think this is part of that, right? We just want to do it on a bigger scale. You know, one human can only experience so much, but we can we can actually now put devices out in the world that can experience a lot, bring it all together. So that's really what I think AI is about and why it's important. It's really allowing us to continue along the evolution of what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. And one of the themes that came up in the keynotes this morning was is related to a comment you just made. We've become really good at gathering and collecting data but not necessarily so good at collecting labeled data sets that are trainable to create machine learning models and AI models. Is Intel doing anything in that space at all? Yeah, so I mean, there are you know, three fundamental types of learning. There's what you just described would be called supervised learning. This is really about taking data that's already been annotated by a human and saying this is what we want to get out of a model. Reinforcement learning is more like kind of how you train your dog. Dog did something good, you give him a treat, and he does that good thing more often. The other, I would say, the, the big frontier right now is unsupervised learning. And right. that's really about finding potentially useful structure in data before you know what you want to do with it. And that's really what needs to be cracked to enable this kind of scalability. Because actually going through and labeling all the data in the world is not possible, right? It's just, <laughs> if there's too much already. If we froze the world today and handed out 100 megabytes to every man, woman, and child on the planet, we would, it would take us 30 years to yeah. get through all of it. So... You know, that's not something we can, that's possible. The only way to, to do it is to crack it from an algorithmic standpoint and then throw the computational horsepower at it that, we, that we're building. So that's, I think, one of the big, big things we're going to see in the next couple of years is research into the unsupervised training world. And we are doing that as well and providing tools to allow researchers to move this field forward. Are there any particular examples of progress in that space that comes to mind for you or that you've helped, your tools are helping facilitate? I think GANs, generative adversarial networks, are a big, a big one. This is something that started becoming popular about a year, year and a half ago, showing some really promising results now. And you know, this is this is towards more unsupervised kind of methods. Right. What our tools have helped there is really the speed. GANs are computationally intensive. They take a lot of horsepower uh, and a lot of time. And you know, four years ago, you simply couldn't do it. You just didn't have the the tools and 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 computational capabilities that we have today by providing better tools, faster, more scalable, larger parameter memories, these kinds of things, we can actually drive these fields forward. And that's mm. the way I see it is like when I, we put out a new architecture that has fundamentally new capabilities, smart researchers are going to do things with it that we had never even thought of. And that's what I think is really cool. It's not the stuff that we're thinking about. That's, that should work. Yeah. But it's other stuff that's going to happen. Yeah, very interesting. One of the things I remember from our last conversation was we were talking about Intel and Intel's role in the space, and you made a comment to the effect that, hey, you know, we're in the first inning, if that, right? Oh, yeah. And in the context of tools, I think last time we talked a little bit about the support for Nirvana Graph and some of the, pro the products, projects that were announced last time at the AI conference in New York. And... A lot of the conversation was around support for TensorFlow as kind of one of these back-end frameworks. And interestingly enough, like I think, you know, a few months ago, everyone thought, everyone thought that TensorFlow was like the crown king and the game was over. Yeah. And now, like, out of nowhere, we're hearing PyTorch. about PyTorch all yeah. over the place. I and I'm just going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering if you have any, you know, thoughts or, pers or perspective on, you know, the market and how it, how it will evolve and what, what we should expect to see. You know, you can look at the past. We saw the same thing happen with web technologies, right? Or the same thing happening. There's a new web technology to do responsive 
dynamic web pages out every year. I feel yeah. like <laughs> right? I, I can't keep up because I don't do that uh, stuff anymore. So I think you're going to see a very similar thing happening here when there's you know a new set of capabilities that kind of catapult a, a, some set of researchers. Everyone was going to want to use it. Right. You know? TensorFlow was kind of favored for the last eight months, nine months. We'll see what happens in the future. I, I think there's plenty of room for innovation here. It's not a done deal by any means. I think I even said that then. It's like, yeah, I, I've seen this happen. I've seen this game before. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll support what's out there, of course. You know, yeah. we're, we want to provide innovations through our own software stack that we own in open source, Neon, and on top of NGraph. But we obviously want to support what the community is using more broadly. And if that's PyTorch, great. If it's TensorFlow, great too. We have no problem with it. I think, you know, we're, we're providing that, that computational substrate under the hood. And so we want to make sure that researchers have, have access to what they need. Mm -hmm. More broadly, what do you see as the role of ecosystems in enabling AI solutions and, and you know, AI tools to evolve? Ecosystems are absolutely key, right? There's not one person who can do this on their own, right? It's just not going to happen. Not even one single big company, I think. There's too many smart people working on this problem to not work together in a common, common set of tools and a common language, right? So the way the big problems are going to get solved, like this unsupervised problems and things like that, is, is really through this openness of publishing, you know, people putting stuff on archive is great, but then having peer review and, you know, papers accepted by NIPS and ICML, these big conferences, and then providing the code to actually show the implementations. That's been a very virtuous cycle, I think. We've seen a lot of innovation happen quickly. You get something out there, the code's out there, you can download it, play with it, modify it, and then put out, put out the next thing on top of it. Yeah. Right? I think it's actually a, a great paradigm for any kind of innovation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I think you know it's going to be very exciting in the next year or so. We're going to be making a lot of announcements about some of the things coming to fruition. I mean, we're making a lot of bets right now. The, you know, the, we, we, we've come from a place where Intel is a CPU manufacturer, and, and that's how people were perceiving it a year ago, and now we're going to be providing leadership in AI. I think it's very exciting to see that transition and be part of it. So stay tuned for some cool things coming up. Along the line of some of those bets, you recently, or Brian recently published a blog post that talked about the billion dollars that the company is investing across the AI spectrum. Any comments on that? There were a number of startups mentioned and some other things. Yeah, I mean, uh, Intel is a is a huge, if not the biggest VC in the Valley. So we invest in a lot of different kinds of companies. I mean, obviously we, we look at it from, strategic, from a strategic value standpoint, but also just from a, you know, like a monetary return, just like a VC. So we've placed a lot of bets there and, you know, we want to see the ecosystem to build and innovate and startups are where a lot of that happens. Then beyond that, some of that investment is also internally what we're doing and aligning our resources around. So I think it's, again, it's, it's a really good readout of, of the emphasis and focus we're putting on AI at Intel. Yeah, absolutely. Well, great. Thanks so much, Naveen, for joining us. And I'm um, looking Thanks forward for to catching up with you next time. Absolutely. Great talking with you. Great. All right, everyone, I'm here at the AI conference with Scott Apland, who is the director of developer programs with Intel Nirvana. And we're here to talk about the Dev Cloud that was launched today. Welcome, Scott. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. Great to have you. So it sounds like you had a big launch last night. How did it go? Really went well. So uh, back about 10 months ago in November last year, we announced our AI Academy. So this was our program for helping uh, students, developers, teachers 
really have more, learn more about AI, how to use it, get access to the technology and the tools. So we kicked that off. Today, we really announced the next stage of that, which is making cloud compute accessible to a broad set of developers and students with our new Nirvana Dev Cloud. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the Dev Cloud and what the focus is there. And in particular, you know, compute, unlike a few years ago, compute is much more readily available on, you know, various public-facing consumer clouds. What's different about DevCloud? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the challenges for folks getting started in AI is actually having access and being able to get started with, a, with compute in a way that's economical for them without having to invest in it. Mm-hmm. So for all of our AI Academy members, they'll have free access to the DevCloud. And this is a, oh, wow. yeah, this is a very large-scale cluster and it'll have the latest uh, Xeon scalable processors on there. And developers can sign up. Uh, they'll be, they can use it to sandbox new projects they're working on. They can use it for their homework exercises they're doing in class. They can do just uh, test out things. Or if they have a compelling project, they really want to get started and use it. As Academy members, they sign up. They'll be given access. They can start for four weeks and use it for four weeks. And then at the end of the four weeks, if they need it longer then post the project they're working on. We'd like to see what they're working on and let other developers see what they're working on. And they can get extended for another four weeks or even longer if it's necessary. Hmm. So in in this way, they're getting access to as much cloud compute as they're going to need for quite a while to get them up and started. It's not for commercial production type of applications, but a great way to get started. Oh, great. Is their use of the dev cloud limited to... It doesn't sound like it's limited to just exercises that are part of the academy. They can do the, any project that they come up with? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me just spend a few more minutes talking about the academy, what it is, and then you can understand uh, how they oh, use okay. the Dev Cloud. So the academy includes a lot of learning resources, so tutorials, online classes, webinars, webcasts, from basic getting started, machine learning 101, deep learning 101, and intermediate to advanced. So a really good curriculum to learn about AI. But if you're already a professional developer and you just want to, hey, let's use the latest uh, software that's optimized. Let's maybe use Neon framework or some other new Intel technology. You'll have access to that in the academy. And then you'll have technical support. So we have a real mix of professional developers, uh, students are getting started, graduate students are working on research projects and they can all use the dev cloud. For example, some of, uh, so just last night we had a, a dev jam and here in San Francisco is kind of dev, uh, day zero of the O'Reilly conference. And we had about 500 developers, students, startups attend this. And on the stage, I did a fireside chat with six of our students who are working on projects. Okay. And the types of projects they're working on were just Amazing, especially when you look at the variety. So one of them was doing a project on epilepsy, and he was doing EEG EEG scans and connectivity analysis of the brain and using that to help patients manage epilepsy and predict seizures and things like that. So he's working on just a fascinating project there. Another student was doing a trail cam project, 
So if you're out in the uh, the wild and you have a trail cam, not only does it you know turn on and record when a wildlife pass by, but it, it will try to recognize what type of wildlife that is and alert you. <laughs> so if it's a, a dangerous, yes, yeah, so it's a da- dangerous <laughs> one. Then tell the campers nearby time to get out of there. Another student is working on mosquito detection and identification because mosquitoes there's thousands of varieties, but there's only a a small number that are real dangerous that maybe carry malaria or Zika. So with his phone, he does, he's creating an application where it would take a photo, recognize what type of mosquitoes and tell if it's a dangerous type. Interesting. Uh, So that's just a sample. Um, Oh, another fun, fun one that I liked was a, a student from Rutgers who has developed an application where it will scan your head, look at your facial structure, your head structure, and then based on popular hairstyles that you have similar facial structures, recommend hairstyle for you and <laughs> maybe a beard style as well. Okay. So you, know, you never have to worry anymore about what you should get your haircut. Just have this app tell you exactly what your hair should look like and go get it cut like that. Oh, wow. So quite a variety of things that they're working on and they have access to the dev cloud and can and to our technical support as well because we announced also today that we have a partnership with Tata Consulting Services mm-hmm. to put in place an AI center of excellence. Okay. And we're going to leverage TCS's expertise in AI and use that to help to support the academy members. So when they need to get stuck on a project or using the dev cloud, we'll have special engineers who can support them and, and provide the support to help them. And they'll be located around the world because TCS is a worldwide organization. Yeah. Now, TCS is a consulting company. It's hard to get a consulting company to do anything without dollars changing hands. Sure. Like is, if I'm an academy member and I run into something and I need some help, how does that, do I raise my hand and... Yeah, so the beauty of this is for the academy members, it's free. Of course, uh, there's a, a business model for Tata Consultancy in this as well, but for academy members, both the dev cloud and the support and the tutorials and training, it's all free. And our desire is to help as many students, developers get smart, learn AI, and discover new ways of using it as possible. Mm-hmm. And then is there a, a mechanism whereby if I, you know, say I'm working on something, it starts out as a little project, side project in the corner off the corner of the office or something like yeah. that. And then it grows into something that's more important for my company, like to get, you know, more help. Yeah, we do look for that. So we're always kind of monitoring and watching for those really cool things to emerge and see how we can help them be more successful. A lot of times they'll start to attract all kinds of support and interest in general. But early on, it's really helpful if we can say, hey, this guy's got something going here. Let's give him a little extra boost. So we're looking for that constantly. And on my team, what we've developed to do this is a program called Student Ambassadors. So since we rolled out the academy, we've been going out to universities worldwide and running workshops, AI workshops. And we'll introduce the technology into them, give them the basics, and then we'll hear what the students are working on. And those students are really passionate doing something really cool. We'll see if they want to become ambassadors for Intel. And if they're interested, then we'll give them even more training, more access to technology. And in return, just ask them to go tell other students about what they're doing and share their knowledge. So these six 
that were on the stage with me last night were ambassadors. Okay. One from UC Santa Barbara, one from MIT, one from Rutgers, one from, let's see, ASU. And that's just the U.S. We're starting to have ambassadors all across the world from India, China, lots of them in Europe as well. And I'd say those are the cream of the crop that we're really monitoring to see what cool things are they going to come up with. And if someone's listening and wants to get involved in the ambassador program, is there a mechanism for signaling their interest or do they just get involved in the academy and do cool things and you'll figure you'll find them? No, they actually can apply. So uh, online at the Academy, you can just search on Intel Nirvana Academy on, on, online and you'll find it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there's a apply to become a student ambassador. And you can fill out what you're working on, why you want to be an ambassador, and then we'll have someone follow up to, to do an interview and uh, see if you're ready for that. Okay. So interesting. Sounds like the DevCloud is supported by some pretty interesting programs. In terms of the DevCloud itself, if I'm a, an AI developer and I'm coming to, I discover the Academy in DevCloud and have, you know, an existing tool chain instead of, you know, well, set of tools really sure. to, that I'm using, like, will those work on the DevCloud or do I need to port what I'm doing to the Intel Nirvana tool stack in order to, to use the DevCloud? There's a really good chance that they will already be preloaded on the DevCloud. Okay. So what the DevCloud is not just for specific frameworks. It's really for, first of all, the, the Intel uh, Xeon Scalable Processor is our hardware platform, and that will extend that when we have the new flavors of you know, Nirvana technology come out. So we'll keep building that, that hardware. But on the software side, it's whatever software that will run great and that developers and students want to use. So today, the DevCloud supports Neon, supports TensorFlow, supports CAFE, supports Theano, Keras, most all the popular frameworks. And then Intel spent a lot of time optimizing them to run well on CPU. If you go back a couple of years ago, the frameworks ran great on GP GPUs, but not so well on CPUs. We've put a lot of investment over the last nine months or so and seen the performance improve up to 100x on running those frameworks on CPUs. So now we have optimized frameworks, pretty much the choice of the, you know, the user gets to pick that and then he'll get 200 gigabytes of secure storage area, area for his files and load up his, you know, queue up his project and then we'll run it in the batch mode and, and then he gets notified when it's ready and, and can do it again. Hmm. And so I suppose there are no GPUs in the Dev cloud. Nope, they were not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> and so you talked about some of the performance metrics that you've seen recently. These are for this 100x this improvement over time. This is for training or inference or, or both? That's for training, really. And, you know, deep learning, first of all, machine learning, the vast majority of the servers that are running machine learning workloads are powered by Xeon platforms and Xeon servers. Deep learning is a subset and a fairly small but important subset of machine learning. And that's an area where we've seen the software optimizations make a huge difference on the time to train. Mm -hmm. And so developers now are seeing, you know, what used to take months 
down or months down to minutes to do training on Xeon scalable processors. So they have the Dev Cloud will give you access to that. If developers haven't tried it lately, they should try it now and see uh, really you know the great performance they'll get. Mm. And so the hundred x performance and the months down to minutes that's relative to past performance uh, on the Xeon on CP with CPUs. Do you have any published comparisons relative to GPUs? And I'll just note that a lot of it is uh, really based on the software optimization more than anything. It's sure. made it seem the huge difference. And we're seeing the folks in the industry now start to publish really good results on the, the training side as well compared to other alternatives in the market. So I don't know that we have any yet published on our site, but in general, we're seeing some really good results in the industry, and then we're seeing really good results on cloud service providers and what they're using as well for the technology. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned cloud service providers. Is, is DevCloud hosted by Intel Nirvana, or have you partnered with one or more of the cloud service providers to make it available? It's really part of our Nirvana cloud and really aligning those together. For the service providers, AWS or Google Cloud, they have great services today. They're using Xeon Scalable and developer students can use those too. However, it can become costly for a student sure. just getting started. So this is a way uh, for them to standbox and get started and then move into a CSP model when they have a business that can support that. Okay. Okay. So then the, the Intel Nirvana Cloud is that's something that you've built, that you're building and or you know built and are building and host in your own data centers and, and manage independent of the the large cloud providers. That's correct. That's correct. Okay, yeah. right. You know, another thing I'll I'll mention too is that you know Intel. One of the the differentiators from Intel is we have such a broad portfolio of offerings and from the data center to the edge. And in the data center, of course, there's the training, there's inference on the Xeon, but we also have the FPGA product line. And recently, Microsoft announced that they're going to use the Stratix 10 FPGA for their Brainwave project mm -hmm. to really power all of the inference in, the, in their DL platform in Brainwave. And, and we see a lot of opportunity with FPGAs as well, both in the data center and also at the edge for the inference piece. Can you tell us a little bit about Brainwave for folks that missed that announcement? Well, I'm not the, necessarily the expert on Brainwave, but it is Microsoft's deep learning platform. Mm -hmm. And they announced it's going to use the FPGA and the Stratix 10 for because of the low latency, low power, high throughput it provides, and the flexibility. The FPGA is great in the flexibility it provides as AI evolves and changes that right. can do that. Okay. All right, great. And then the, the last thing I'll mention too is that if we talk about the portfolio is we also have at the edge, we have people developing solutions at the edge for deep learning that use Atom Core Processor, Movidius for the video processing and we, a whole host of this. And all this is going to be part of the academy too. So developers can not only learn about, okay, I want to do the training, the inference and the data center, but at the edge too and put a full end-to-end -end solution in. Okay. Uh, awesome. Awesome. One question I've got for you is, you know, in your role as overseeing developer programs, there are, you know, some interesting differences between the needs of you know, traditional enterprise developers and more data science 
users, you know, data scientists yeah. that, you know, may also probably also fall under developer programs for you. Can you talk a little bit about how, you know, the, the, the different offerings you have that, you know, target these different communities and more generally, like how you're looking at these communities and how you plan to, you know, evolve your, evolve your offerings to serve both of them and give them what they need? Sure. And that is a great point. AI really introduced us to new types of an audience for us because I, I run developer programs for Intel and we cover the gamut from server to mobile and game developers and you know, IoT developers across the board. Okay. And then we jumped into AI. Yeah, all of a sudden there's this data scientist <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. How do you? We were used to maybe dealing more with C++ developers wow. and helping them optimize their code for the the latest uh, hardware that we had. And right. for data scientists, it's a, it's a different ball game. And first of all, most of them are using Python. What we've had to do is, okay, let's focus on how do we help them? They're going to be using frameworks. They, they need optimized frameworks. They need optimized versions of Python. They need really to understand the basics of machine learning and, and how to manage the data, how to apply machine learning versus how to really code in many cases. So we really had to look at this differently and start to say, okay, for these guys, let's teach them the basics on how to get started. Let's look at the, the tool set they will need from, like Python, for example. We have an Intel distribution of Python that's is really good for performance and really good for AI and developers. An want... Intel distribution of Python? Yes. It's oh, a, I've never heard of this. It's a parallel Python. And, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when we tell data scientists about this, too, they're actually really excited as well because it can really help the performance of their application. Where, where do you find this Intel distribution of Python? It's easy to find. Uh, you just search on exactly that. You'll find it. You'll find it on our academy. We have lots of information okay. about it there and the benefits. And, and is it new kind of as part of the academy or has it been around? For... It's, it's been around a little while, but it's not not that long. I'd say, okay. uh, yeah, last year, I believe, it was, uh, was when we rolled it out. Interesting. And you said uh, it's optimized around parallel and distributed? Yeah, particularly for, for parallel, running really well in a parallel environment and getting the best performance out of Python applications. And what's, yeah. what's an example of a parallel environment and a workload that you might use this Python distribution with? Well, uh, I don't know if I have a real good example right there, but let me tell you about an example that something we did just recently, we just wrapped up, is we did a contest with Kaggle.com. You're familiar with Kaggle.com. And we, we said, let's find a partner in the industry who wants to solve a real-world AI problem, and they need some help. And so we partnered with Mobile ODT. And they're all about early detection of cancer and how do they, do, how they provide low-cost devices to early detect cancer. And so we, we, they provided a data set of 10,000 images. Okay. And we provide the developers with parallel Python, with access. This was an early version of our dev cloud. We were kind of in the pilot mode. So they got parallel Python, they got the dev cloud, they got, in this case, it was optimized cafe. And we said, all right, whoever can provide the, the best algorithms and become the best at de detection of the images that are cancerous will win lots of good prizes. And the response was great. We had up to a thousand data scientists and developers competing on this and, and accessing the dev cloud on a daily basis. So it was a great test of this, it was a great test of the tool set and the whole model here. 
And at the end of the day, Mobile ODT was really excited about what they learned and are now following up with the winners to say, okay, how do we productize what you've done here together? Hmm. Interesting. I think a lot of folks use Python from, you know, they'll use like Condis or some of these other Python distributions. Like, does, do you envision, you know, partnerships to, how do you get this distribution of Python out there, right? So yeah. people aren't, a lot of, I, I imagine, since I didn't know about it, that a lot of people don't know about it. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen this, this, yeah, I think just based on other things that I've seen Intel do in the past, like, for example, in the Hadoop space, right? So there's a ton of interesting innovations that have happened in taking, you know, Intel's deep knowledge of the hardware and like kind of driving that into, you know, the mainstream Hadoop distributions and making them, you know, just making them out of the box more performant based on or more secure. Like there's yeah. some security and encryption stuff in, in the Hadoop example. You know, I know of examples where, you know, folks from Intel have partnered with, you know, vendors like Docker and, you know, other, you know, lots, certain, lots of open source engagement. But in this Python case, like, how do you get this, how do you get this out into the wild? Well, a lot of that happens organically. If you have a, you know, a good product and there's a Python community out there, which is quite active and they start to, to hear about it, the word will spread organically. But to help that, we're, Becoming pretty proactive on awareness, driving just social media outreach, some digital online marketing, and other academy awareness in general, where Python is becoming a, a bigger message there that, hey, did you know this distribution is available and with these benefits? So I think it's a combination of those, and it won't be long when it's before it's pretty well known within that community. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Any other cool stuff to tell me about that I didn't know about? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I think we hit on the main ones. Uh, the other thing to mention is that the Academy is growing fast. We already have coming up on a 50,000 members. And we're, we've been running workshops around the world at universities. We'll have probably 200 universities that will be participating by the end of this year and trained about... I think we're on 25,000 developers and students so far this year. So it's really ramping up fast. And we have some big aggressive goals. We're really helping to bring AI to the masses and through this dev cloud, make compute available through the training, help them learn about it, the technical support with TCS. We're pretty serious about helping people learn and grow and use AI to do really cool things. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's a huge growth opportunity, so I think it's a, a smart move. It makes sense. It, it makes me think a little bit of Apple's strategy back in the day to get into colleges and universities with the, the Macintosh, which helped propel them later on. So congrats on that, and congrats on the success of the, the Academy so far. Wow. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks so much, Scott. All right, everyone, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening and for your ongoing feedback and support. For more information on Naveen and Scott, for links to DevCloud or the AI Academy, and any of the other topics covered in this episode, head on over to twimlaicom slash talk slash 51. For the rest of this series, visit twimlaicom slash AISF 2017. 
And please, please, please send us any questions or comments that you may have for us or for our guests via Twitter at Twimmelai or at Sam Charrington or leave a comment on the show notes page. There are a ton of great conferences coming up through the end of the year. To keep up to date on which events we'll be attending and hopefully meet us there, check out our new events page at twimlai.com slash events, T-W-I-M-L-A-I.com slash events. Thanks again for listening and catch you next time.